Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And as we build up to the Champions League semi-final second leg tie against PSG, remember, of course, we lead 2-1 from the first leg in Paris. There's a few questions. First question, how vital will those two away goals be? Uh, Will Manchester City win the Premier League? Uh, When might that happen? Well, not the weekend, just gone for sure. To discuss that and lots more, I've got three very excited blues. Welcome to Lisa Rubinovitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. Hi. Welcome to Spencer Debson. Hi, Spencer. Good evening, Nigel. And welcome to Steve Cox. Hi, Steve. Good evening. Listen, let's start with the weekend. And a bit of a long question. I've had some help with this question uh, from someone whose initials are Paul Denby. Uh, So bear with me. But in light of the European Super League debacle and the many protests seen against the owners of other clubs involved, is it a surprise that there has been no protest against the city hierarchy? And is this because, what, we've not had a home game or because our owners have built up so much credit when their investment in the area and the team and the community that they've basically been forgiven for their error of judgment? Or is it because we continue to enjoy so much success on the pitch? So, they're a long question. Uh, thank you to Paul Denby for sending that in on a on the stamped address postcard. Uh, remember they used to do that? You wouldn't, Lisa, but they did that years no, ago. No, I remember uh, that. Sadly, I am old enough to remember that. Yeah. Do you remember? Send, a, send your question in a stamped address envelope. There you go. Yeah. Uh, 
So there we are. So Paul has sent that in on his stamped address envelope. Uh, so, so Lisa, why not kick off on this? So in light of all these protests, what, why do you think City have not suffered like maybe some other teams? What is it? I think it's a combination of two of the things in the question. Uh, I think it's because our owners have built up a lot of credits. And, uh, and I'll add a third, actually. And I can't remember if it was in the question. Forgive me. It was a long question. Um, the second is because we are doing quite well. And the third thing is now forgotten. That's great, isn't it? Really good. That's all right. But, well, we we yeah. can come back. The two, two out of the three is all right. Spencer, have you got two, three or one or, or a new one for us? Well, no, look, a delicious combination of all of those things, I think, uh, Paul Denby. Um, I do think that there is a, um, a sincerity with the ownership that they started the great project 2008 and you genuinely did do think, did and do think that they have reached into the community and had a genuine um, love and concern for the for the for the for, for the club and regeneration of Hyde and the area and all these sorts of things. And uh, in Caldoun, um, a chairman who uh, we also uh, like, and we like the way that the club is run. And of course, we've gone on this great success track. Uh, which which helps as well. So I do think that it's um, uh, a combination of these things. But I do also think that we sort of retrofit because at the end of the day, uh, City, the, there is this concept, isn't there, in accountancy. I know Lisa and I have a bit of this in our background of, of LIFO, last in, first out. And with European Super League, you know, it's apparent that apparently we sort of went in at the last and we were the first to, to come out and therefore we're all sort of pure about it. Um, we're not. Uh, but I do believe uh, the point that actually David Blakeney was making um, last week that really, in a sense, City couldn't be out of this Super League. And I don't think they would have been the ones to initiate it. Uh, but they um, had to join the party once it was up and running, but I think somewhat reluctantly. So I think that that's maybe a sense of why we haven't seen uh, an outpouring of negativity um, against against the City hierarchy in the last week or so. LIFO, a new word for you, Steve. I'm sure not working in the field of no, analytics and, and numbers. It's much of something you work with every day, I suspect, isn't it? Actually, as my boss is the finance director, I'm very well aware of LIFO and <laughs> had to work with it for the last 20 years in Harrods. So um, quite well aware of that. Um, I mean, I would, I would add, actually, very good points by Lisa and Spencer, but actually... The third point, which may have been the one that Lisa was grabbing for, I don't know, um, is that we weren't in it for the money. Some of those clubs were actually in it to jump at the cash and to actually line their pockets, whereas actually it's well known that we don't need the money. We're actually there purely for um, fear of missing out. And I think that was the problem with the city hierarchy, and that's why we haven't seen those kind of protests we are doing well. The clubs that have been protesting aren't doing particularly well and they've not been happy with their owners for some time. And I think that that's probably more the driver. This is just the catalyst for them. That was the, the driver is probably more that long, long-term uh, failure or lack of success, I think. So not LIFO, but FOMO then. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah fear, of, fear of FOMO, all these acronyms. Uh, Lisa, have you thought of your third one or has Steve yes. covered it for you? It was a mixture of LIFO and FOMO, um, basically. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of that as an excuse because it makes them sound like bullied children in a school playground or something. They're um, very 
accomplished businessmen and know exactly what they're doing. And whilst I do understand that it was difficult not to, given that we were the first to then leave, why didn't we just not in the first place? But I, going back to the actual question, I think that does have an impact on why we haven't seen protests. But also I do think that the, the protesting, like Steve just said, is the, the Super League has given them an excuse to now go and protest about the things that are actually really bothering them. I'm not saying that anyone wanted the Super League. Clearly nobody did, regardless of whether they're happy with the owners or not. But that it, for them, it's been exactly what they needed to actually be able to go and show their frustrations that they've had for a very long time. So, Good. Shall we move on to some football then? Shall I, let's talk about some football, I think, which is what I'd rather do. That first leg in Paris last week, uh, a game of two halves, as they say. Uh, Steve, that first half performance, uh, probably a bit worried before they came out of the second half. They dominated. We were very much second best. Uh, your thoughts at at half time, I suppose, before we get on to that amazing, that brilliant, that absolutely stunning second half performance. So, you know, I just can't can't quite find the words. So let's just deal with the first half quickly, get that out of the way, then we can all wax lyrical about the amazing second half. I wasn't worried at all, to be fair, Nigel, because whilst Paris played well in the first half, we weren't exactly snowed under. Um, and there was always the chance that we would be able to restructure and pull things back together. And there was also a good chance that they would actually run out of steam at some stage or other. And and I think in the second half, um, Pep made a fantastic change at half time and he he asked the fullbacks to push further forward and and actually stop the supply to both Neymar and Mbappe and our friend who used to play for a club just outside Manchester, um, and they stopped creating chances and opportunities and they, they weren't getting the breakaways that they were in the first half. I mean, incidentally, I was talking to a Spurs fan at the weekend and he said, wow, what a week that City have had. They won the Carabao Cup, they beat Paris in Paris and then had a very good result against Crystal Palace at the weekend. I mean, what probably one of the best weeks I've ever known as a City fan for consecutive results in a short space of time. Um, but I think Pep and the players, because they really took control of that second half, it was a fantastic second half. We were a little bit lucky with the goals, to be fair, because they weren't the best opportunities that we had, but they went in the net. And two away goals into the second leg, wow. We'll have taken that before kickoff. So, so Lisa, Steve's taken us on the second half already. We don't really need to talk about the first half at all. We don't want to because um, it, it was not quite that. That second half performance, I mean, that has got to be. And I think Gary Lineker tweeted about it saying, I forget the exact words, but something along the lines of that was probably the best performance ever by any English team in any European competition ever in the world. Um, and, and he knows something about football, I think, the boy Lineker. Yeah, it, w- it was incredible. And in a way, what Steve said, our goals were a bit lucky. They they don't do the way we were playing justice in a way. But um, yeah, I mean, I will go back to the first half a little bit. It's funny because obviously everyone knows how optimistic I am about City. Um, so I was clearly not worried at all. Um, I was worried, but just because I know that how poorly we've handled being in this competition in the past and the first half, just we looked like we didn't know what we were doing, but... I think I've had time to think about it a bit now and also listen to other opinions on it. And actually, I think a lot of people felt that 
that was actually the way we wanted it to go and they ran out of steam so by the time we did get at them and really got at them in the second half they really they lost it they didn't know where they were coming or going and I mean I would have preferred to have done that from the beginning the second half in the first half and on Tuesday we really need to do that um but yeah I mean the the difference in the in the attitude and actually a bit more maturity in the performance compared to previous well the only other time we've we've been in a semi-final but previous um times in um in the champions league was just it was it was like watching a different team thankfully the second half it was it was incredible and you know to to see the the way the the psg players just completely they were they were just going crazy at the end they didn't know where to go um, and Mbappe, I think, didn't even have a shot on target, did he? And which is just incredible. I mean, how many teams? I don't think there are any teams in Champions League who can say that, having played against Mbappe this season. So, you know, I mean, Absolutely. incredibly proud of of the way they played in that second half. Spencer, your your reflection so much to reflect on the kind of the the change at halftime that Steve referred to, the fact that we snuffed out of the Neymar and Mbappe. And, and obvious threat that we knew about before the game uh, the fact they lost their heads the fact we got two really lucky goals some people seem to have wanted to concentrate on as well the fact we dominated that second half and played such amazing football what, what, pick the bones out of that for us Spencer well look it was an era defining second half performance um, and one that if we'd projected forward from the Real semi-final a number of years ago we would never have uh, anticipated and let's be honest at half time Uh, I was certainly very concerned. The first half performance was very tepid. They could have been two or three up and we couldn't have had too many complaints. Um, But I I, I picked up something from the uh, Pep's news conference, which was talking about telling the players to play with belief and just play to their natural talents and express themselves, which I think that they absolutely, of course, did in the second half. And I think that um, we play as a team, we play as a collective. It is amazing, isn't it, how teams can play so differently first to second half. Uh, and you, of course, it's a pep talk, uh, you know, par excellence, isn't it? But I think when we play to our natural uh, abilities, we are a super talented team. It's one, two touch in the second half, whereas it's four touch and it's conservative uh, play in the first half where you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to be the four guy. The other thing I actually loved in the second half was when, um, was, was Edison. And these are sort of an unheralded moments, really. But Mbappe had one run from that wonderful, pass of Di Maria from the right fullback position and he played that sort of 50-60 yard pass and Bappe was onto it I mean it was 30-40 yards out and, and Edison cleared it I mean you only see that in a flashing moment on the TV screen but you know any other keeper in the world I believe would have been back there and Mbappe would have been through and who knows might have brought them back into the game at that point so I, I, I thought Edison was really heroic in that moment um, and it was uplifting it was coming of age and I think it reflects the way that we have played this season, where you know, no longer are we showing weakness at critical moments, um, and to to every player in the team played very well. I mean, we can go into the individual performances, but it was hugely uplifting. I do think there's a lot of work to do in the second half. We know that away teams generally shade performances at home throughout the leagues. Um, PSG are a, a tour de force away from home. They have been throughout this campaign. So it's definitely not over. 
but I do feel confident that we are not the team. Uh, we will not show the weaknesses that we have done in the past and we will we will get through. I don't think it'll be easy tomorrow, but we'll get through. Steve, I, I, we'll come on to the second leg in a moment. I just want to go back to that first leg. Are you a little bit disappointed as well that kind of we got them to lose their rag? They went down to 10 men. We had our chances actually, you know, 3-1, 4-1. I, I know I'm, I might be being ridiculous before the game suggesting that, but actually having watched that second half, a half, you could argue that it's actually a bit disappointing only to take a 2-1 lead back to the Etihad. Yeah, I'm surprised that Pep didn't want to push the sword in and take off perhaps a defender, bring on Aguero or Jesus and actually give them something to think about centrally. Um, you know, they were being run ragged. Like you say, they'd completely and utterly lost the plot. And, and to be fair, I think that's what we need. We need to have that approach for the second leg. We do need, if we can get them to lose the plot, they will completely blow it. And, and they've shown that they're susceptible to that. Fernandinho is crying out for Fernandinho, the um, smiling assassin of the uh, centre of the midfield. Um, but I think that it would have been so much more comforting had Aguero come on and scored a goal or two and actually put the tie beyond Paris. And I think we would have easily been able to unsettle them in the second leg if we'd have been too two or three goals up on them. It does leave them with a smidgen of a, a chance, doesn't it, really? Even though it's, it's a tall ask even for them. You were nodding, Lisa, in agreement, I think, that most of that. Yeah, I, I felt like I was being a bit greedy, but I think it was a missed opportunity to probably have them so depressed that they lost the heads before they even got on the pitch on Tuesday. But, look, we're, we're still in, in the driving seat for this and I think we you know at the end of the day we actually don't have to win on Tuesday um, we can lose 1-0 and go through can't we but we're, um, and we can draw so uh, you know I mean obviously you don't want it to be nervy because I mean I, just for me just I don't care about anyone else I just can't take anymore but um, you know I, I think I think kind of in two minds they have to come at us they have to score so and that that could help us. That could be an advantage to us. But I think we just need to go for it because, like Steve said, I think it looks to me like it wouldn't take much to completely unsettle them. Um, so that is, I mean, I'm sure that's. I don't think Pep is. I think we all know Pep's not the kind of manager who will send our team to just sit back. I mean, we 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 just don't play like that anyway. So um, I hope that we do the second half in the first half this time and and just kill it off. If we can get a couple of goals in the first half without reply, I think we should and, be fine. And to do that, what, what are your thoughts about the team then? Just looking as you started on, on the second leg, I was going to mention Mares quickly. Just Let's do that quickly before we move on. Uh, what a revelation. What, what a performance. Uh, and, the, and these last few games, he's just coming into his own and, and stamping his authority and making a difference and, and, and you know just uh, who, who wants to have a go on Mares quickly before we, we move on to on to, on to the uh, the second leg anybody automatic starter um, Mares definitely um, uh, he, yeah he, he's got to be on the team sheet to me Foden as well is an automatic starter um, I suppose the question is after uh, Sergio's fantastic comeback, we want to call it that, uh, against Palace, is 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 there something in there? Uh, does Pep have a surprise, or will he bring him on as a possibly as a, as a you know leave him on the, on the bench, um, which is the more likely outcome? 
So, so go on then. So give us your team then, Spencer. You, you kick off. You've mentioned Aguero. Um, you've mentioned two obvious starts. I'll throw one in the pot. Does he Does he use Sinchenko instead of Cancelo, maybe? Um, he brought him on to replace him, of course, in, in the match. You know, that would be my, my I pitch so. if, I, if I get a vote. Yeah, I definitely think Zinchenko um, this time. Walker definitely stays in at right-back. I think actually Cancelo drops out for this one. Um, and then the centre-backs, uh, there might be some rotation, but it's obviously Diaz, the pool, or Diaz Stones. Um, midfield um, is going to sort of pick itself, isn't it, with KDB in the middle. Um, and I wouldn't be putting Sergio on at the beginning, but I would be bringing him on if, 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 if needed. Lisa, how do, you, how do you see this one in terms yeah. of the lineup? I would the the change in the starting lineup would be for me Zinchenko for Cancelo, um, Aguero. I think will either come on if we need him or if we don't. So if we're you think we'll, three you think, you think we'll see him? You'll get a, get a look. I think he will. I, I think he will. Yeah, I, th- I, I I think Aguero will get a run out at some point because. Um, Champions League semi-final is his last season at City. I think from a sentimental perspective, got to give him the opportunity to score in a Champions League semi-final if there's one possible. I certainly think in the centre-backs, it's going to be Stones and Diaz, I suspect, this week. Um, Stones was at the conference today and generally somebody appearing at the conference, unless it's Zinchenko in Ukraine, tends to start. Um, I agree with Zinchenko. Um, for Cancelo, I think he's a more controlled player. He's actually struggled to say this, but Zinchenko seems better defensively than Cancelo. Cancelo is a very good outlet, very good at going forward, but Zinchenko seems to manage his um, attack. Doesn't lose possession either. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think the energy of uh, Foden up front. I, can't we can't do without Foden's energy and exuberance he still plays like he's playing on a park at the weekend with his mates and he just adds that bit of flair when one he of is the best he is playing with his mates on the park. Yeah, he is yeah yeah but when one of the best players in the world i.e Neymar actually goes over to him and he actually sought him out at the end of that game to compliment him um then you you know that you've got something special um I certainly think Mahrez had probably his best game in a City shirt for me. He used to look as though he slowed the ball down a lot, but actually he seems to fit in rather well now. And he's almost become one of these sort of generals alongside De Bruyne, where he has a lot of input into what's happening at the front. He seems to be taking a bit more command and a bit more control. And that's the kind of player we need. That's the Mahrez we need tomorrow night. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. 
So that's some of your predictions then. Let's. Uh, I know you love doing this. Um, Steve, you, you kick off. Give us a prediction. What, what's going to What's going to be the score on on the night on Tuesday night at the Etihad? We know we won two one in Paris. So the score at the Etihad will be what? Steve Cox. Three one. I think Paris will actually score, but I think we'll outscore them comfortably. Okay, Lisa. Um, just because I know how much they like to torture me, I'm going to go for three two to City. Very good. Spencer? My cup is much fuller. I'm going to say that we're going to get the first goal and if we do, we'll get another couple on the break and we're going to win the damn thing 3-0. That's what I'm saying. Amazing. I hope, I hope you're all right. I'm a bit like Lisa. I don't think my nerves are going to take this. This is this is big stuff. You know, We're going to win the Premier League and we have got one foot in the final of the Champions League. It doesn't get much bigger than that. And uh, yeah, excited and nervous and Everything that goes with it uh, is what's happening in this house at the moment. So we'll uh, we'll see how we get on. Uh, let, let's we've touched on the weekend. Um, so let's we, we should talk about Palace and, and Steve. You who would have thought someone says you know winning two 0 at Palace makes it the best uh, week in Man City's history? I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, or how Palace quite get in there with, with City's second eleven, uh, which it was pretty much. Um, was it what 19 consecutive away wins or something ridiculous? I mean, just what what a run, what a performance, what a team! It just gets better and better. Um, but you have to start with Sergio. I know we've touched on it. Um, I, I, I've got to give Mendy some credit. I mean, just that that ball was just perfection. Uh, we'd be very critical of him, but just just absolutely the right pace in the right place, one touch, and and hit it, and just. What, what a response. I mean, it's just, he just keeps coming back and keeps performing and he's a legend. He's going to have a statue anyway. Uh, so, Steve, help, help me out here. That was that was vintage Aguero, that goal. Um, at the time, I was sat opened mouth when that hit the back of the net. The goalkeeper had absolutely no chance on earth. He could have had three goalkeepers in the net and they wouldn't have been able to get that one. Um, the dink for him to volley it. it, it just absolute perfection. And it's that kind of thing we think, why are we not getting him to stay for another year? Why aren't we convincing him to stay for another year? Because a fit Aguero is is, is, is a weapon um, and it is, is an absolutely essential weapon. Um, it, it was really not good... fit, Steve. It's not fit. And I think, you know, I think he's it, it, not, not fit and he hasn't been fit. Yeah. And I think, yes, if he was five years younger and fit, He's, he's missing too many games. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you, you say a physical error, but we know he's had his knee injuries, other problems as well. He's not being fit. He's not fit enough now, would be the argument, I suspect. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is a shame. Um, and, and I think, you know, we will miss him as a player. And I think the team will miss him because he fits in very well with those players. They all respect him. They all look up to him. Um, and, and it'll be a shame to see him go. But he, he, he had a very, very good game at the weekend, not just in the second half when he scored. In the first half, he was actually making opportunities. We didn't quite work for us in the first half. We just couldn't quite pull it off. And there were a couple of blocks, some very important blocks that people got in the way of the, the Torres shot. But, you know, I think Sergio scoring then opened it up for us to, to sort of open our legs a little bit and very quickly afterwards the Torres goal which was a beautiful finish as well I must say and I have to say Sterling even though he wasn't at his best in that game was very unlucky not to get a third to be honest with you um, that deserved a goal 
that run and, and the shot. So I, I thought overall we played very well against what can be a very tricky team at the weekend. Palace are not the easiest team to play against. Hodgson always has them perfectly lined up and they're very good defensively. So I think eventually we got there. Um, so I can't really grumble. I still think it's best week in our history. I, I shot Steve down a bit bit quickly, maybe Spencer, in terms of Sergio and, and, and talk about his injuries. Would you would you be with him? Would just just before we talk about the game, just just picking up on what Steve said and my hasty response. Uh, are you with him? Should have maybe given him another year, or are you with me saying probably? Well, you know, injury wise, his times his times may be up. Where where do you sit on that one? I, I think you would think that um, because they didn't offer him an extension, I think there'd been probably a considered conversation in the boardroom about about Sergio, and uh, it's hard to really criticise them. Uh, he, the truth is, until this game, he has not featured because of his various injuries. And he'd really, to be honest, looked really rusty when he had appeared. This game was then a revelation because I wasn't expecting to see that. Throughout the game, he was really on it. The goal was absolutely tremendous, a goal that very few strikers in the world could score. Um, there was no goal there and he just made one. Um, so it, it, it makes you then doubt yourself and think again, doesn't it? Well, why aren't we going to keep him? So I suppose after something like that, you would think, well, what harm could there be to have him for another year, even recognising that he may only be um, a bit player, you know, and he wouldn't be sort of the prime striker. Um, but again, sentiment drives us sometimes in those comments as well. So I, I, would, I will go with uh, what the hierarchy thought. Um, and let's get his statue up there and, and let's celebrate the greatest striker in City's uh, history. Looking forward to the three statues then, Lisa, are you? Are they, are they all going to go together? Is it like three in a row? Are there three different parts of the stadium? Do, do we know? Is I that kind of between the mounts? I don't know, but they should have them in a little huddle together, surely. I thought they were doing the Poznan, you know, sort of like a front, you know, <laughs> sort of with their arms around each other and stuff. I have no idea. <laughs> But no, will, will I, it be kind of Vinny? Will it be one of Vinny's you know, scoring against Leicester or against Stratford? And will it be Sergio with his scarf, you know, with his shirt around his head? I don't know. I don't Who knows? Know. But uh, we look I, forward. I think just about Aguero. I think they would have offered him another contract, but he wanted a guarantee of of how much he would feature. And so I think it was a combination of him wanting to play or be be con- not guarantee you can't guarantee anything but like to be considered to be first choice more often than not um and we yeah. were like well that we can't give you that but we're happy for you to say if you're happy to sit on the bench a lot more um and I think that's where I think that's what happened in the I mean obviously none of us actually know but um and obviously I'm sure all of us would be delighted for him to be there and come off the bench every now and again but you can understand how why he wouldn't want that um yeah yeah, yeah. So, so let's look forward to Saturday then and the weekend later uh, and City v Chelsea uh, and let me give you a scenario here um, which I'm sure you would have thought of as, as many would have done which is if the Champions League final is City v Chelsea what does Pep do in terms of so you've got two choices does he play a strong team and show them how good we are or does he play a weakened team so that Chelsea can gain can't sorry can't gain the upper hand psychologically if they beat us ahead of the final, which, which one do you think Pep goes for in those two scenarios? Um, I think he'll go for probably somewhere in between. I don't think it will be the the same team that play PSG because 
you know, that will be our strongest team. But I don't think it's anything to do with letting them gain the upper hand or not. I think it's more preserving the players. Um, you know, there, there are some players you probably keep well away if you don't think you've got a good enough substitute should something happen to them. Um, you know, it, this is Chelsea. I mean, I'm sure Thomas Tuchel's not not stupid enough to think that the the team that they beat in the sem, in the FA Cup semi final is the same team that would um, appear in a Champions League final should we get there and be playing Chelsea. It's it's a it's an interesting one, but I, I think both managers are sensible enough to know that whatever happens in any of the games beforehand is not going to be any reflection on what might happen in a Champions League final. Do you agree, Spencer? Does that sound about right? As, as I'm just marvelling at this conversation. To think, a f- even a few months ago, we would be having this, well, you know, having got to the Champions League final and clearly about to win the Prem, having got the Carabao, what sort of team shall we put out? I mean, this is just a, a wonderful, <laughs> unbelievable conversation, really, isn't it? For my own part, I would have said, actually, we probably will play a stronger team than a weaker team because we have lost once and, you know, we do want to sort of get the messaging right for the for the going forward and keep the confidence, keep everything on a roll. But I think that's secondary to what will be a fantastic achievement if we can go through. Um, and I actually don't really, I'm saying I do care, but I don't really mind what happens against Chelsea at the weekend, to be honest. Uh, Spencer nearly said he doesn't care and I, I know him quite well I think he does care quite a lot there Steve and I know you care quite a lot as well it's just Lisa I, I realise doesn't care that much so uh, as, as far as you're concerned I, I Steve care. I care about Chelsea at the weekend um, many reasons um, some of which I work with people that are Chelsea fans so I don't want them to get the upper hand whatsoever that's the last thing on my mind um, but for me as well actually getting the Premier League done as soon as possible will actually give us that ability to relax a little bit more before the Champions League final because we know that it's done, it's dusted. It means then we can rest key players and wrap them in cotton wool, make sure they don't pick up any long-term injuries. So it's a very difficult call. Um, But I don't think Pep will actually play the psychological game. Pep will want to win every game. He always does. He always sends out the team that he thinks will win the game. Sometimes we don't quite do it because it's not quite the right team, but that happens. So I'd love to get three points at the weekend and then we can do Yarb who sucks to those red, that red team from just outside Manchester and, and, and on all these stuff. Well, both red teams just outside Manchester, actually. Um, so so you talked about, you, you, Steve, talked about this being the best week. Arguably, when we all come back here in a week's time for the podcast, I know you, I don't think you three are on next week and we've got three different guests. You could argue we could be in the situation of it actually being an even better week in that we've already won the Carabao Cup. We could, we could be, and I'm not trying to count my chickens, but we could, if all your predictions are right, be actually for the first time in our history in the final of the Champions League. And we could have also already secured the Premier League title. I would argue that that might be an even better week than the one that we've just enjoyed. But time will tell. And I look forward to discussing that all with you again next week. So in the meantime, a huge thanks to my three guests, to Steve Cox, to Spencer Debson, and to Lisa Rabinowitz. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.